0: Two Day dream believers podcast i am your host space surfing 18 today we have a double episode we're going to be talking about yes no and michael and um i've got some guests returning i'm gonna let them introduce themselves today this is kay black
1: john lennon hi everybody
0: hi this is carly i'm also known as carol jane on tumblr
1: hi this is alien
0: all right hi guys welcome back to the podcast Um, we're gonna start with yes, no, um, we're gonna quickly hit up on the clean stuff and then talk a little bit about the episode in general because there's not a whole lot of clean stuff, but there's some really good stuff to talk about and then we'll get into the Michael, which is kind of the main part of this podcast, but, um, yes, no, the thing I want to say about it is that even though there's not a lot of clean in it, I think it's a little bit of an underrated episode um, I've always been very entertained when I go back to this one uh, I think there's a lot of funny bits I think there's also some sweet bits um, And I don't know, I, I just kind of enjoy this episode
1: I really like the music in this episode and, and you're right, it's not It's actually a fun episode Even though there's not a whole lot of Kurt or Blaine in it But, you know, it's also a pretty decent Sam Sadie's episode So I might be a little biased Yeah
0: um, okay, so with the curtain and Blaine I'm just going to go through this really quickly Because there's, again, not very much at all Um, they spend most of their time in the background Um And there's two, three, three points I kind of want to make about it Um, one is That there's a scene With Finn, Rachel, and Kurt All discussing their, their futures And how they are all Kind of, I don't know They're all kind of down about their future And this is the, the um This is the moment where Kurt, like, snaps his fingers at the waitstaff because he wants cheesecake. (laughs) I could
1: see how that grates on Blaine. I could see how that would, like, just totally set his teeth on edge because Blaine is so polite. To a fault. So, I like that 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 actually does get mentioned eventually as something that drives him crazy. To a fault that he won't even bring it up at the time to Kurt. Exactly. He's we just been just bury it down. It's just been there in the back of his mind, driving him crazy for all this time. And it's not until they're in the middle of a big fight that he even says anything.
2: Yeah, which is pretty realistic, actually.
1: Yeah, it really is. Very few people are gonna like correct their boyfriend right then in the spot. It'll just be something that gets thrown out when they're already arguing. And kudos
3: for Glee to actually showing Kurt do that, like several episodes before instead of just bringing up a bad habit that we've never seen him do.
1: Like putting bronzer in the moisturizer? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That was hilarious. And we're going off into a different episode, but...
0: (laughs) Um, I wonder if they've gotten a complaint about that, because I remember um, a lot of people were like, Kurt's being really rude to the staff. So... (laughs) But mm-hmm. um, This is, you know, and this segues, a little scene with them um, Kind of segues into um, Without You, which is a Rachel solo And this is the infamous uh, Kurt and Blaine look at each other moment um, Whenever people talk about Kurt and Blaine in the background of season three It's this moment of them looking at each other And it's funny to me, because, I, you know as much as people are like, oh, Kurt and Blaine had only background moments in season three. After, you know, doing all of this watching and the podcast and the meta, they don't have a lot of as much background stuff as you might think that they do. Um, so that's why this particular moment always stands out, because it's one of very few, actually. And Kurt's hat is just
1: insane. But <laughs> I think at the time we were just holding on to whatever crumbs we could get. Mm-hmm. So if the camera showed them for even a second, we were like... Yes, there they are They're still there They still love each episode. other
0: um, There was um, um, There's a moment earlier in the song too Where Blaine leans over to Kurt And a lot of people wondered if that was Him kissing Kurt on the cheek Or if that was what that was I remember some of the discussion about that
1: um. Oh yeah, there was a lot of Should we Because there was that whole kiss counting thing at the time so there's a whole lot of should we count that? Does that count? No, oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a mess. Um,
0: and then there's the ending where they both are dancing in the water and being
1: cute little goobers.
0: And um, we'll talk a little bit because I, I want to talk about the the Wemma storyline. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But um, so yeah, that's like all of the curtain of Lane are in this episode are these. That's mm-hmm. basically there's one two background moments in the beginning, but. And then um, I was saving the some nights when we talk about Sam Sadie's. So, um, so yeah, that's it's not a clean, heavy episode. Um, we'll talk about there's three plot lines um, in there and a kind of minor fourth, Finchel thing. But um, there is the Sam Sadie's. There's the Wemma, and there is Artie and Becky. And um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Becky and Artie first, real quick, um, because I actually. Think this is kind of a sweet plot line. Um that they give Becky an actual crush that that Artie because Artie's usually a dick to women. Um he yeah. seems to be uh pretty cool about this. And
1: Helen Mirren is doing the voiceover, so
3: I, I love the voiceover.
1: Me too. I do. I you thought do. that was really I thought that was a nice touch. And for some reason the really horrible things that Becky was thinking. They just—they're so much nicer when they're said with a nice British accent. <laughs> I
3: love—I love that she has the same grammar that Becky has when, like, when um, forget the actress's name for Becky. Oh, Lauren uh, uh, Water. Yeah, when Lauren when Lauren talks like as Becky, she has that distinct like "shut up, bitches," mm-hmm. <laughs> and like. They have that only. It's like in a classy. Why do I sound like the Queen of England?
0: Like,
1: oh yeah. And when she says that totally racist remark about Mike Chang, yeah. I'm no rice queen. And I was just like cringing, even though it sounded mm-hmm. so proper, the, <laughs> with the British <laughs> accent. It was still really, really horrible. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and Becky gets away with like all that shit all the time.
1: All the time.
3: I wasn't a fan of this storyline, just the way, like, Artie let her on, like, as as Sue pointed out. And that he doesn't view her as somebody worth actually
0: dating. Well, and I think that's kind of the, um, like, he was in the, earlier in the episode, he asks Sugar out and Sugar turns him down. And, um, because he was in a wheelchair And so then that's why he's like, well, I will give Becky a chance No, he wasn't really being fair about it in some respects But, um, I don't know That could have been a lot worse, too, I guess I I guess I like the ending with Sue and Becky And where, like, Becky, you know, feels heartbreak And Sue's there for her, and, um I don't know. I I just like the ending. It's
3: interesting to think of this and to think of uh, in season six when Becky has her boyfriend there and Sue's reaction to her having a boyfriend who is um, non-disabled or able-bodied, able... Yeah. um, And her reaction to him there is he's, he's taking advantage of her he's like kind of and her saying like uh, she deserves better than already here it's like well later on you kind of had the same mindset as already has here that like
0: well I think it's a little different in that later on in season six she's being really protective of, of like a, a very protective mother more so than believing that she shouldn't be dating somebody like that.
3: I think, I think it just showed that she's she still has those kind of prejudices of a able-bodied person doesn't belong with somebody with Downs kind of thing that she has to fight with. Yeah, I guess or that's a discussion for this podcast, but like, it's just interesting to bring up because of here that like she she's like you deserve whoever but she she still has some of those prejudices that have to be
0: confronted i feel True.
1: like i agree
0: all right and then we get um we'll talk about wemma for a second cuz uh, w- uh emma wants to really get married I really do like the opening number with her singing and East and Sue and, and the bridesmaids' dresses and the hats.
1: And is it this, like, right around the time of the royal wedding?
0: Probably, because Kate Middleton got married around Prom Queen, because that's
1: why they put that
0: Kate Middleton line in Prom Queen. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so those hats were kind of... Weren't, that, weren't they referencing that? Because the like, yes. royal British weddings always wear like crazy hats or something. Yeah, suits, suits
3: were in the same hat that um, uh, Beatrice wore. The, the one that looks like the sea monster. <laughs> I,
1: okay. I mean, I don't know the royals very well, so. Yeah, I wasn't like following the whole thing. I was always like, okay, I don't get it. But. I do remember the hats. They were all over the place. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Beatrice uh, wore one that looked like, like one, uh, I don't know, a sea monster with tentacles going all over.
0: Oh, the hat, not her. I thought you meant her. <laughs> 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 That's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to just let you have your opinion. and. <laughs>
3: The, no, the hat.
0: Okay, I know what you mean.
3: Senator, or however you pronounce that. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, and then um, the, I mean, there's a. I don't. I don't know how much you guys really want to talk about Will and Emma. I don't know if I really want to very much. Um, we do have to mention Finn asks, Finn and his inappropriateness. Not only is asking all of these kids to come up with songs for him, but um, is asking Finn to be his best man.
2: Mm-hmm
1: that's just sad. Yeah, that's not cute yeah. at all. Yeah. Will yeah. is like the age that I am now, and mm-hmm. the only teenager I spend time with is my is my brother's best friend's child, who I used to babysit. <laughs> and if I got married, I'd be like, "Would you be my flower girl? Not, would you be my maid of honor?" Yeah, it's just weird. It's so yeah. strange.
3: And most teachers I know like want are, are desperate for life outside of school
0: mm-hmm.
3: like <laughs> outside of the kids
1: especially high school teachers my parents yeah. are both yeah, high hopefully. school
0: teachers and they had a, a very I mean like there would be people that would come over to the house but a lot of times it had to do with me and my brothers but um it was always a very teacher relation teacher student relationship there was never any kind of hey, do you want to come with me to be my BFF wherever we're going? So
2: yeah, I don't know. I had this music teacher in in high school, and he was always trying to befriend us, and it was so weird. And we didn't want that at all. It was just weird and inappropriate. And it just kind of reminds me of Will a little bit. (laughs) He was just like that. And it's weird.
1: That's weird. Exactly. I mean, I had a teacher in high school I was very close to, but not like that. (laughs)
3: i feel like all of my teachers
1: are pretty old like we didn't have a
3: lot of new new teachers i think you know sometimes you get into these arcs of like everybody's near a retirement age and then are replaced in the years that follow and i was right at the end where like several like three different teachers i had retired like in my junior or senior Mm -hmm. year
1: well, true story. In middle, in my at my middle school, after I graduated, my sister joined. They had a really young, hot PE teacher, and then in high school, we had a really young, hot. Um, I think he taught history. And um, long story short, they both got into situations with students. And the PE teacher, since it was middle school, was <laughs> fired and is probably on some list somewhere. And. <laughs> the the history teacher in my high school is married to a student. Okay. Okay. So Um, it's creepy. Yeah, we had
3: a a, a guidance counselor who got caught with a student, um, with a senior. And um, he was, like, he had a daughter who was, like, a couple years older than a student. And so he was old. And then... And then they got married and, like, lived happily ever after until
2: he died. But... <laughs> I mean, I had, a, I had a math teacher who married his his, uh, his son's girlfriend, but, I mean, she wasn't a student at least. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Now, my parents, like, my mom hates this story. My parents met when she was in high school my dad was a teacher, but they didn't start dating until she graduated. So
1: at least there's that. At yeah, like there was no.
0: and he was a middle school teacher and she was in high school. So he wasn't technically ever her teacher. So yeah. yeah. See, that's normal. Yeah. yeah, my my mom is
3: a um my mom's a professor and, and she's close with some of her students and like considers them friends like after they graduated. But like yeah, that's an older uh like four four years older and it's also like a different kind of situation and she she has definite boundaries too she gets so angry at at will like (laughs) do you think will
0: here's a question do you guys think will had any friends in high school other than terry (laughs) it doesn't seem he did like
3: (laughs) the, the flashback in um in dream on
1: of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm starting to wonder. I mean, if you dated Terry and she was essentially like Quinn, I would assume that maybe they had people they hung out with. But knowing both Terry and Will, I don't think they were necessarily friends. Yeah. Like, you know, how, like sometimes in high school, you have like the group that you like eat lunch with and everything. But are you really, truly friends? Maybe mm-hmm. not. Because I have a hard time imagining anyone sticking around. But then again, in season one, he did have, you know, um, Henri and. So many and other Chen. teachers. Yeah, I liked Henri. I wish they'd brought him back <laughs> with prosthetic thumbs or something. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I know. He did have that group of friends, but then he brought Puck and, and Finn into
1: it. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. She- Always, he really like, should have like, a close. He could have benefited from being away from McKinley longer than it took to get his degree. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, did he not make friends in college? Jesus.
0: <laughs> you know what, Kay? I just thought of something. It's been about a year since I started doing these podcasts, and that first first podcast was you and me doing a cappellas.
1: Oh my gosh, it really it was Oh wow, happy anniversary
0: Yay <laughs> uh, I, I can tell how nervous I was When I did that I, I don't go back and listen to them really But yeah, anyway Alright, so getting to the the Kind of the apex of the Will Emma stuff it, I did want to mention the proposal Because here we have it, it is ridiculous I really do like the song that Santana And Rachel sang I do like her walking through the hall and they're giving her roses and everybody dancing in the pool is just adorable. And it is
1: this huge over the top proposal. And then Will ruins it by putting on white and walking on water like he's Jesus. It was all well and good until Will put on that ridiculous suit with that ridiculous top hat and then walks on water like he's Jesus. Uh, and it just got weird.
0: But, but. I, you know, I will have to give Even though Will is kind of Awful in his relationship most of the time With Emma in the season um, I do like Some of the stuff that he has to say to her In the little speech at the end And I don't know, it's sweet But I also, I can't help But think of this and then compare it To Claim's proposal Because this is like the precursor to the Claim proposal
1: True
3: I think it's funny Like he He's trying to like he he says no to um moves like Jagger because he will get too sweaty and and Emma doesn't like dirt and um i guess the whole pool scene is supposed to be it's clean it's and like pools mm-hmm. like public pools
1: are the grossest dirtiest places yeah. like well it smells <laughs> like bleach so maybe that's why maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like chlorine and and bromine But yeah That's true that's my thought because Okay I'm going to tell you guys one of the Things that grosses me out more Is like wet things that I didn't get wet so like when you Go into a public bathroom and there's like puddles of Water all over the sink in my Mind those are just puddles of gross Icky bacteria so Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to imagine a pool Proposal that's not just Wet everywhere Gross (laughs)
0: Um, And then we get the third storyline Of Yes No is about Sam Sadie's and um, Yeah let's talk about Sam Sadie's for a second I adore Some Nights I think it's wonderful Um, I know there was all this Chatter about Kurt singing with the girls But that was Chris Colfer's choice because they Asked him what he would wanted to do and he gets That great Rizzo line so
1: Yeah it Um, is perfectly In character For Kurt to be with Mercedes in that scene
0: Yep, absolutely And mm-hmm.
1: I, I know that a lot of Kurt fans Were like the, like Felt like it was a Some kind of slight on his masculinity And I just have always Found that argument to be Utterly ridiculous Because when you think about it A, if we're gonna do It's Mercedes singing about Her love for Sam, who does Kurt have the relationship with I mean I know Sam lives in Kurt's house At this point but come on now It's Mercedes of course Kurt's gonna be on Her side of the song That makes perfect sense It There's even without Even if it had been written in the script and it wasn't Chris That makes 100% Perfect Sense for Kurt to be With the girls And I mean he yeah. he's always in those
3: like the sleepover scenes um
0: mm-hmm.
3: with like Mercedes and, and Rachel and um sometimes Tina is there um yeah, so he has a closer relationship with the girls and probably like and he chooses which side and he chooses usually to go with the girls like even in um uh never been kissed
1: like Every yeah. time
2: he's given a choice between the girls and the boys, he chooses the girl. Yeah. Look all there. There's friends. Like, he hangs out with them all the time. There's friends. And also, I always thought that, um, I mean, a lot of people say that um, it's some kind of, I don't know, it's about his masculinity and, and whatnot. But I think maybe it's exactly about that. Like, it's kind of sexist to say that it's. Uh, a comment about his masculinity that he hangs out with the girls like why it's just he he doesn't care about that
1: and I think some of it had to do with the fact that Blaine was with the guys but that has always made perfect sense to me because Blaine grew up in a household, he had a big brother he went to an all boys school it makes sense to me that Blaine kind of fits in that little group of guys because he's all, that's kind of been like he's not He's different from Kurt in that way. Where Kurt has that kind of friendship with the girls, Blaine's always been, you know, with guys. Yeah, you know, and I also happen. really,
2: yeah. And I also really just think that it doesn't matter to Kurt that, they're, that his friends are girls. Like he just doesn't see it that way. And that's what it was exactly. like
1: about him. Exactly.
3: And I I don't think the Glee Blaine versus Kurt or Blaine slash Kurt is a male-female relationship. It's not. It's not a male-female relationship. (laughs) And and the masculine and feminine sides kind of like go up and down between the them. Like in the I just watched the disco episode and Kurt's the one that like is is leading when they're they're dancing at in the last song. And he uh um dips Blaine, which is yeah. you know, that's the Blaine is in the female role. And again in um New New, New York, he dips Blaine mm-hmm. there too. Like, so they they don't have feminine and masculine roles because while well, they're two guys exactly, so they're yeah. Yeah. again and for
1: masculine. the cheap seats. But- Yep, they're what
0: not. <clears throat> I think a lot of people around this time, especially when I first came into fandom, were doing it, and it's something that should not be done. But yeah. trying to put header, what is that word? Heter- normative uh, labels on these two gay characters, and it doesn't. You know, it no. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> One thing I noticed is especially around this time through season four was a reversal of the way they were written in fic. Because in season two, yeah. Kurt was is- exclusively the bottom. And yeah. then the more we got to see Blaine as kind of like emotional and having these insecurities and, you know, all that stuff. All of a sudden, and from that point on, I mean, until now, like mm-hmm. it's been exclusively Blaine is the bottom unless the subject of the fic is Kurt deciding to bottom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. I'm just like, even like the... And I won't get into it because it's not my particular favorite trope. But even the whole Dom sub thing completely flipped. Once we kind of got to see that Blaine's kind of a, kind of emotional, then all of a sudden he was the subby bottom. And it's just like, ugh. It's that's not just, how it works. It says
2: so much about what people still think about gender roles. And I, I always like that about Klain that they didn't really... Uh, that they kind of broke those those rules and it just didn't apply to them. And exactly. Yep, absolutely.
0: All right, so let's talk a little bit about Sam Cities. Um I'll let you guys take that
1: over. <laughs> I won't stop until it's trending. <laughs> 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 I love <laughs> I love both of them. <laughs> I just that's is Sam joining the can we talk about Roz Washington now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, oh, my God. <laughs> At the time, fandom was like, that's a racist caricature, blah, 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 and how dare she how dare she refer to her reparations of 40 acres in a pool and I'm sitting here as a black woman like that's the funniest shit I've seen on the show in a long time. Oh, I don't
0: feel. OK, so I don't feel so bad for her, like I think it's hilarious. She is You're hilarious. one of my favorite minor characters because we and we were talking about this on another podcast that won't be aired until after this one Um, that. She, the, Glee sometimes overdoes things Like with Sue She was funny when it started And then it stopped being funny after a while But Roz mm. was used in the perfect amount That she was funny whenever she came on
1: Every single word out of her mouth Was hilarious and So I don't know uh, I don't, I've never watched the Housewives So I don't know much about Nene Leakes But I do know that her Line readings as Roz Were hilarious And she has the most perfect teeth I've ever seen <laughs> she does mm-hmm.
3: um i was i wasn't a fan of ross um because when she came in i it was at a time that I was getting really annoyed at sue and um she seemed like you know just a another sue kind of character and it's like we don't need another sue we already have one that we're getting sick of and, <laughs> and then um, she, it it's really upsetting that like in in later when um she can't tell apart Becky and um she she thinks Becky is, is sue's daughter and like her whole you you're friends with a person with Down syndrome you had a sister who's who have Down syndrome and your baby has Down syndrome. What is up with that? She she does that. And that really bothered me. So like, but that's later on, um, not this episode at all. But um, so all throughout, I, I I didn't really like Roz. Um, but having said that, going back, watching it, like after the se- after the series is all done, I do find
0: her really funny. She talks about Sam on are... even nipples.
1: <laughs> I know. His crooked nipples. Oh my <laughs> God. And this show, I've never seen lips like that on a white child. I'm sorry. She, <laughs> I was just crying. She's hilarious. And every time they brought her back, oh my God, the scene with, with Blaine and Becky in season four goes down as one of the funniest scenes ever on the show. <laughs> She I was
3: think. in the new normal at the time. The um, oh, That's she right, was. she did. And I I loved her character there. She's hilarious. Um, I yeah, have a yeah. question
0: to make. Yep. I didn't watch the new normal. I did, as a side tangent quickly. I thought that there were... It started off really, really rough. And um, I could see why it got canceled. It got better as it went on. And... When it, like they, there was one character who was supposed to be like the conservative Tea Party anti-gay person and she was too much it was it was just like too much of her or, like what you know if you want this to be normalized you don't even need that character in it and yeah. um, they just didn't ha- there was a lot of really interesting things about the two gay characters and about the woman carrying their child and there were some really interesting things about that and then because they always made it about this one woman who hated gays, and, and it was kind of a fight between them and the gay couple that it was just tedious to watch and and I like like I said, there it got better. Like at the end they started like figuring it out how to do it and it was really interesting. But that's just my opinion of
2: it. So no, I agree. I think it was it had potential, but they could have maybe edited the script a little more before like making the show. I don't know.
1: Oh, a yeah, Ryan it, show? That's it was too the much greatest show. The top?
0: Who knew? <laughs> it was yeah. very much Ryan I, Murphy everywhere. I really,
3: yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. It had a lot of glee meta in
0: it. Oh, I you know, I yeah. didn't like that just because it was um because it was after the breakup stuff and Ryan Murphy made a joke about um Oh, you know, in this uh, new normal, I'm going to break up all these characters or the main characters. Oh, millions of teenage tears. And it was, Mm -hmm. it felt like a salt and a wound. I'm like, yeah, I get as a writer, you probably are not as attached to these characters in the same way the fans are. But, you know, you just broke up all of your favorite, everybody's favorite couples in one episode. That seems like a kick, whatever. We'll get to that in season four, but like. Uh, I
2: and, I really, yeah, I really like that comment because it was just like um, he just pissed off all his fans. And then he says that like, what do you do you even want fans?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Could you not? Yeah. Mo- you're mocking the people that are kind of. Right.
2: Well, paying you. The people that are paying you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There'd be no show if it weren't for all of those teenage Fans or whatever, most of which aren't even teenagers.
0: I always wondered, and yeah, this is a total side tangent. We'll get back on track after a second. But I always wondered if not necessarily Ryan Murphy, but some of the other writers. I always think of Brad when I think of this. Were pissed off that Finchel wasn't as popular as the other, like, Clayne or Britannia or whatever. I don't know. Probably because yeah. they seem to always want to write Finchel, and nobody. I, I don't. Are there real Finchel fans out there? I don't meet very many. so I... Yeah, there are. But...
1: There are. There are. And I, I felt bad for them in the end. I remember fighting a losing battle after Corey died, <laughs> trying to convince people to vote for Finchel in one of those fan polls just because Corey had died like three minutes ago. Could we please? There are. There aren't as many. Most of them, you know, probably left after season four. With the whole Brody thing and all that. And didn't really see a reason to come back. But um, believe it or not, they're Wemma fan.
3: You know what? I was thinking about this. I, w- When I was watching this episode. That I do like Wemma. In the fact that I really, really love Emma. And Will, for some unexplainable reason, makes her happy. And I want her happy. So I support I-
1: Wemma. I love Emma to the point where I really just hoped that she would run off with beef.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well there you go. I
1: was like, how about that? Can she just can they just pack up one day and take off and get out of this toxic ass environment for the two of them? And I think yes. Emma is better for
3: Will than Will is for Emma. Well that's Tom the understatement. Yes, absolutely. But yeah. she she like she's so good with him. Like. Where he. He does stupid stuff. And she like calls him on bullshit. And.
1: I wish you'd call him on taking that letterman jacket. in the quarterback. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So kind of getting back into. More interesting couples. Was
1: there anything you guys wanted to like delve into. With the San Sadie stuff. I just think that they are so sweet together. Mm-hmm. Like. That's one of the things I love about them is because they're so drama free. I mean, this is drama obviously. Mercedes has you know, a boyfriend and she likes Sam and Sam likes her and all that. But without all the I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but with all of the other relationships on the show, everything is just like this huge like theatrical thing. And Sam and Mercedes feel really high school to me. They're very low key. You know, they're very low key and I like that about them because it doesn't mean that they don't love each other and it doesn't mean that they can't be in game or soulmates or anything but because of their personalities it's not all the hand-wringing and crying and you know just overwhelming which I love about you know I would I, I love. yeah I love that like I mean
3: again not in this episode I keep talking about the future but like I, I love that <sighs> they break up and it isn't like break up because one of them cheats or like they break up because they're going in two separate places in their lives and they realize that and um, but like Sam eternally thinks they're endgame and that they'll get back together eventually and, and like he'll even like you know flirt and date uh, Rachel while thinking I want to be with Mercedes in the background like he he knows that, like in his mind, he belongs with Mercedes. But if she's not here and she she doesn't want him, she doesn't have room for him in her life right now. That doesn't mean they're not endgame. Like, and he, it's very mature kind of thought view on relationships. Instead exactly. of like, we're in love, we have to be together no matter what the obstacle. It's,
1: it's yeah, because not- she she dates that tank guy, and again, yeah, they're both. They talk about their relationship. I mean, I'm, obviously, we're talking more about later on in the show, but yeah, they their view on it's almost like they kind of watched everyone else in Glee Club and made a conscious decision to not do that. <laughs>
2: yeah, and also like their their in that episode at least their um their problem seems very appropriate for their age, like. Uh, she has a boyfriend, and and he's still in love with her. And it's just the other couples, like their main problem is is five minutes of dating enough to get married? Yeah, exactly. And and just that doesn't feel very high school to me. <laughs> While they are really they act their age, kind of.
1: Exactly. You know the problems that they have are very age appropriate, even in the even later on when it's like. They're in their late teens, early Twenties, it's all very age appropriate It's not yeah. like, you know, they're not Having the relationship problems Of a couple that have been together for 15 Years, you know, mm-hmm. even though They're 18
0: <laughs> What? clean didn't do that at all <laughs> what?
3: Yeah. What? I'm kidding
1: What are you talking about? <laughs> I,
0: I love that
3: Sam Like he When he wants to get a lighter jacket He goes for synchronized swimming And then Finn has the, he tells Finn, and Finn has the reaction, like, you can't do that, that's, like, that's suicide, you, you're already in Glee Club, that's, you're gonna get, like, made fun of and, and in up and blah, 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 or whatever, um, it's it kind of, like, the same thing as what he did during duets to say. yeah, yeah. hmm and, um, it, it's very parallel to that. And and Sam in both reactions, he's like, I mean, in duets, Kurt ends up telling him not to sing with him, but like in, he he's not the one that said, oh, I can't sing with you because you're gay. And this one, he he's saying, he kind of reacts to Finn as like, dude,
0: I don't care. I think yeah, that's what exactly. I really like about Sam is that he really kind of, Takes a lot of the Stuff that kind of irks me about Finn And it's not there Like Sam is a good guy He's a sweet guy He doesn't really care What other people are saying about him He's just gonna be happy and live his life So
2: Yeah exactly. and, and just about that What we are talking about earlier um, With Kurt about masculinity Like Sam doesn't see Anything as a threat to his masculinity Like uh, later Uh when Blaine has a crush on him and, and and Sam is like well yeah i mean i'm hot you're offended if you didn't exactly and you just you just doesn't care about that stuff
3: yeah he's very confident in himself i mean i mean he, he, in in naked he obviously shows insecurities about his like his worth as intelligent and like all that, but um, he is confident in his body and, and who he is as a person. Exactly.
1: And, and, that's, that. yeah. and that's one of my favorite things about Mercedes as well, is that she yeah. knows herself. She knows the type of person that she wants to be. And so for her, that's, that's where, you know, in a couple of episodes, their relationship doesn't work out because she finds herself being someone she doesn't want to be. But the reason why her and Sam work together so well is because they're just so good. They're good characters. They're both very kind characters. They both are those people that have created that were safe spaces for other characters. So, you know, Mercedes was that for, for Kurt and Sam was that for Blaine and he was that for Brittany and for Marley and Mercedes had that with the troubletones tones and with Santana So it makes perfect sense to me that they would be good together because they both share that kind of kindness.
0: Okay. So the only last thing I want to talk about with yes, no is the end and the Finchel proposal Um, because this is (laughs) just because it it sets up the second, like we're post, sorry, this is the the beginning of the second um, part of the season and it sets off the second half of the season. And Finchel is going to be a thread all the way through it And it kind of, here's the real beginning of it Where Finn kind of feels like he's floundering And he wants to attach himself to Rachel as, as, you know, best he can Because he feels like he just is nothing else in life And that's why he's asking her to marry him And, yeah, and I mean at least for a second She's like, oh my god, should I actually do this? But, yeah, so anyway, it's the
3: episode where where he finds out about his dad, right? yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's really sad
1: that is really, really sad i that I felt bad for him for that. I also don't understand why will needed to be there for that conversation mm-hmm. but that like why did they do that?
0: home when it'd be a little bit more comfortable, but
1: yeah, that was I was like, why are you doing this at school? This should be a conversation between Carol, Burt, and Finn.
3: Yeah. And... Also,
1: fandom got really insulted when Bert said what he said about Kurt running the tire shop. There was a lot of conversation at the time. A lot of people thought it wasn't fair that Burt didn't have money set aside for Finn to go to college. At which point I was like, are you goddamn shitting me? He's only been married to Carol for like a year. And why should Kurt... Any money he had set? They were like, why doesn't he share the money... Yes set aside for Kurt to go to college And I'm like um, Because that's Kurt's College money People were really pissed about that People were really pissed that Bert didn't seem to have any money Set aside for Finn to go to college And I was like well that's kind of what happens With a blended family Kurt and Bert had their You know may have had something set aside You know Yeah, you, Does he have to give that to Finn You
3: start saving money Like when babies are born for, for their future and it's probably what he did with Kurt and so this is like fun built up over you know 18 years and, and like you're not gonna split that to give to I mean you saved it for your son and like yeah Finn is his son too in a, a sense but like it's different
0: I think yeah. also is um the fact that I think Bert is very intuitive, and I think that he knows that Finn is going to need a, a place for a while to be before he figures out where he's going in life, and I mm-hmm. think it's not necessarily about Bert not having money for Finn. I think it's more about, you know, hey, you know don't, know, don't know where you're going, but you can have my, you know, you can work here for as long as you need to. It's another safe place type thing, so that's just yeah, my take on that-
1: it. And then there were the Kurt fans who were pissed that Finn was getting the tire shop even though they wanted Kurt to not be in Ohio and I was like but you can't have both of those things
0: no well you know fandom just gets mad about everything so I'm it you know the nice thing about being two years away from the show being done is that like I feel like it's a little bit laughable now I'm like why did everybody get so mad about this stupid stuff you know so
1: Half the time I thought it was laughable at the time. And then there were times where I was like also mad. But this is one of the times where I was like, Are you guys kidding me? Yeah. Why is this a discussion? Like, yeah. Why is this? Oh, he said that, that Kurt would change the uniform. He's being homophobic. I was like, No, he knows his son. Kurt would change the uniform.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that kind of wraps yeah. up the.
1: Oh, go ahead, Was yeah, this
3: a fandom thing or was it like, was it canon that, that Kurt bedazzled
0: his? His overalls.
1: I'm almost 100% sure that came up in Wheels or something in season one.
0: Wait, what was the question? I'm sorry.
3: That Kurt bedazzled his coveralls? Is that a fandom thing, or...
2: We're pretty really no. sure that's a fandom one. Oh, was? it was? It was Wheels?
3: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Bert knows. <laughs>
0: it's been a long time. I thought it was completely fabricated, but that's... I'd have to go back and watch. No, that's
1: one of the few things that is actual canon.
0: So, um, so yeah. So that's yes, no. Um, it, it is a really solid and entertaining episode. I do suggest go watch it, even if there's not a lot of curtain playing in it. So
3: I just want to mention Moves Like Jagger, because, like, every time they I, I see that, I, I have to go watch the, the fan video where they use the Moves Like Jagger for Blaine. Yes, I forgot about that. Oh my God, if someone has that. I just, I think I just posted that like on my Tumblr.
1: Okay, Um, I remember that video. That was great. That was a good one. I also really, really love um, The First Time If Ever I Saw Your Face. That's a song that my mom used to talk about all the time when I was growing up. She just thought it was the most beautiful song. And my sister and I watch it, and I always go, like, first of all, Rachel's crying like one line into the song already. And I was definitely <laughs> starting to get tired of Rachel's solos where she cries over Finn. Yeah, And then, but Tina looks, uh, she just looks so pretty during that number. And she sounds so beautiful during it. And yeah. I really like the number, even if Rachel's tears are a little over the top at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked it better when Tina was so in love she cried that it was a joke. Yeah, Because Rachel being so in love with Finn that she always cries really needed, like, it it was starting to get out of control. Yeah.
0: Well, they have. I mean, the the girls' number is nice, and I like it. But it's just you have that, and then you have Rachel's solo of um, "Without You," which is also a good cover. But you like, it's like, okay, come on, like, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> All right. So that kind of wraps up the yes/no portion, and then we get into Michael, <laughs> which yeah. I
1: have mixed feelings <laughs> about. I, it's weird I because wow, uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it.
0: In my travels, I have come across people love this episode or they hate this episode. And may I say something? <laughs> sure.
1: So, <laughs> as I mentioned, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the anon question I get. I got about um, something in my Tumblr bio because I haven't updated it in like four years. Um, at one point, I was hanging out with a with Blaine Stans. Their whole thing was Blaine dependence. Like they just wanted Blaine to be like happy in his own person, and they, we refer to this episode as the episode that shall not be named. <laughs> like among <laughs> a lot of non-clean shipping Blaine stands, this episode is like public enemy number one <laughs> because they feel like Blaine had no agency, he didn't get to make any decisions, and it's just like, ugh, it's hated. Now, I have mixed feelings about it because I've wanted a Michael Jackson episode literally since day one. But I definitely, as a Blaine stan, understand exactly why why it's so hated. See,
0: and, and as a Kurt fan, I have mixed feelings because what the hell? <laughs> but we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get there.
3: it's <laughs> oh, a Blaine stan, I love it. But... I, I wasn't in fandom at the time, so I'd, I wasn't part of Blaine dependence.
0: <laughs> so let's get let's dig into this one. Um, we open up um, with you know the triple tones have come back to new directions, and Mercedes really bummed about not doing Michael Jackson, and of course Blaine's like, well, we can still do Michael Jackson, and he busts out a Michael Jackson song.
1: It makes me so happy. I, yeah,
3: I the song is great. Like mm-hmm.
1: all their dances, all their outfits. I have to preface this by saying that a, my mom said that she listened to Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album when she was pregnant with me, so I've literally been a Michael Jackson fan since the oh, womb. I love that. Um, <laughs> to the point that when he died, like my god sister, who's like ten years older than me, literally contacted me on Facebook. Like, are you okay? Like, how are you handling this? And I was like, I can't stop crying. It was terrible. But um, so I was really, really happy with almost every performance in this episode, almost. Um, but I really, this is one of my favorites. It's just so, it's, uh, I love it. Blaine's so cute. And I love yeah. their outfits, especially Tina in the smooth criminal Outfit! Oh my gosh, so gorgeous that. Now
0: the the leather onesie that Kurt is sporting with that ridiculous hat, um, that wasn't a Michael <laughs> Jackson thing, was it?
1: Not necessarily. I think it's supposed to be referencing uh, the Bad video, which is what Britney's wearing. is almost in, is closer to that. I have never seen Michael Jackson wearing a leather onesie ever.
0: Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, um, I want to mention Kurt's costume here. Um. Just because last time we talked uh, with Kay and Carly, we talked a lot about Kurt's hats, and and mm-hmm. and it feels like every time I like every time they get a lot of backgroundy stuff, Kurt wears some ridiculous hats. But when he has like foreground stuff, it is that kind of more masculine vest and jeans, and I don't know. I just started noticing a trend that it's a little bit more outlandish when he's in the background.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Also, Michael Jackson's never worn a hat like that. I don't know
3: what that outfit was. Well that was the pre that was like not when they're in Michael Jackson costumes
0: that
1: Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. He's not wearing that the when they are.
0: No, I don't think so. No, he's not.
1: Because uh, no. he's got a
0: they all got different outfits on, but um
1: Oh you're right, you're right. Yeah.
0: But I love that. I love the call back to all the Michael Jackson costuming and the dance moves and this, this number is really fantastic.
1: It's so fun I remember the behind the scenes Where Darren's like these lyrics are so strange And I was like Maybe it's because I've known them since I was three years old I never gave it much thought The what are so strange? The lyrics the lyrics Like you're a vegetable, oh. you're a buffet to um, eat off of you <laughs> Yeah <laughs> And I was just like You know maybe it's because I've known them Literally since I could talk That I didn't really question it but they are kind of. I could see that. It is. It is.
0: Well, and I don't really listen to the lyrics very much of things until somebody points them out to me, and I I'm like, what is going on in the song?
1: <laughs> well, my mom, my mom said that um, when I was learning how to read, that's kind of what I would do. Is that she would put this record on and I'd follow along with the lyrics. So I've always known them. I've just never questioned them. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I never, that's... I never really listened to lyrics anyway because uh, I, I didn't know English when I first heard them, so it never made sense yeah. to me anyway. But...
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> oh my gosh! I'm looking at the pictures. Finn is the only person not in a Michael Jackson costume. What is he even
0: wearing?
1: He's his wearing jersey. his jersey and jeans.
0: Well, that's funny. <laughs> it's, it's
1: like black. Finn was late. It was, like, Finn was late that day, so he was just, but like, whatever. Yeah. No.
0: All right. So, yeah, we get this really awesome Blaine number to, to start it off. And uh, all these iconic moments. Awesome. All right. So then we move into um, the actual you know, episode. You that
1: kind of reminds me in the Madonna episode when Finn and Rachel are singing. Um, yeah, uh,
0: borderline um, open your heart. Yeah,
1: and then you see everyone in the different, like, iconic Madonna outfits in the background. I really like those two kind of references.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've been over some Finchel drama. Um, we get our Lima Bean scene, and I'm I'm gonna make a confession, and hopefully Kay will still be my friend. I I don't really get the Michael Jackson thing. I'm a little like Rachel here. Like, I enjoy some of the music, not all of it, but I I okay. I but it's great. I mean, I'm not like not telling people they can't like it or whatever. It just I, I don't necessarily get it, but I I also. Oh, no. Didn't agree. I didn't. um, I. I mean, like, you are no longer friends. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't grow up with it the same way. Like, my dad listened to the Beatles all the time, so I really love the Beatles because that's what I grew up with, kind of thing. So, (laughs) see, there you go.
1: See, my mom, my mom kind of had this. My mom had an amazing record collection, so I grew up with the Beatles and Elton John and Michael. At the time, Michael was working a lot with Paul McCartney. My mom had showed me "Hard Days Night." And it didn't connect That that was the same person I was like wait That's the same Paul McCartney that made a song With Michael Jackson is also the Paul McCartney In that black and white movie I love that
3: movie Me
1: too (laughs) Who's the little old man (laughs) He belongs to Paul (laughs) (laughs) My sister and brother sometimes. My sister and I go out to my brother's window Because he lives next door the sometimes will yell in, mister, can we have our ball back? <laughs> our neighbors are probably
0: like, what? <laughs> so we get um, a little bit of talk about Michael Jackson. Kurt says um, he owes Michael Jackson gratitude because he was the first one to pull off a sequined military cake long before one Kurt Hummel made it famous or iconic.
1: <laughs> it's true. Michael Jackson really did love his sparkly sequin stuff.
0: So it does make yeah. sense. It does make sense to me on a costuming level why Kurt would be like, oh,
1: what is this?" You no, know. but I could also imagine that, that Bert probably, you know, might have been playing the music around the house. Yeah, Bert would be of a
3: good age to do that. Like,
1: mm-hmm. when he's not listening to Melon Camp, he was and Stevie Wonder,
3: he was probably early twenties, teens in the 80s. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, he would be.
1: You would have some of that. Yeah, if Bert was singing Stevie Wonder to Kurt, it would, it's not too hard to imagine he was listening to Michael Jackson as well. Even and even if not that, um, the
3: other guys in the um, shop at the, at the, at the shop. shop. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. His stuff was um, popular enough that if you like turned on an eighties radio, you'd have it playing all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And Kurt was born in what I guess supposedly ninety three, and Michael was still releasing music at that point as well. Yeah, and there were like a
3: lot of like best of Michael's. Like, every couple of years, it,
1: there would be like, let's let's just celebrate Michael again. Yeah, and he performed <laughs> like in sync at the VMAs that time.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So we get um, we get the arrival of Sebastian.
0: And um, Kurt just goes automatically on the defense here. Um, this is kind of a sore spot. Like I didn't notice until I, I went back and started watching these again just how much, like, Sebastian pops up and Kurt just, like, immediately like, claws out, like, why? Why Why do I have to keep dealing with you? Why are you here? Yeah.
3: It's especially evident in um, on, on our way when he shows up and is like, can't come here anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: But um, we got to talk about like Kurt's reaction. Like Sebastian said, he he told me this morning, and Kurt's reaction is like, how how often do you email him? How often do you talk to him? And like, mm-hmm. um, I I saw a lot of like the Blaine hate like have lists of reasons why Blaine is horrible and Kurt de- deserves better, and. They always pointed to this that like Blaine would always talk to Sebastian even though he knew it upset Kurt. It's like how often did he really talk to Sebastian? Because we have him, we have him in. um, uh, They met in the in the first time and um, and they met up a couple times, like under the guise like of. Uh, Blaine is going to give him advice about being the lead of the Warblers, like that's how he gets him out to to go.
0: Exactly. To the...
3: Wasn't there another time in between where? let hold where... on to sixteen. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and Sebastian's like, I haven't seen you online in a while. It's like that that showing that, like, maybe Blaine Blaine's is avoiding him. him. And then we have here where he's like, I talked to him this morning. He, he I asked him for advice how to get. Wine out of my tie and and he wouldn't shut up about Michael. It's like we have no proof that he didn't talk between there. And it's always Sebastian trying to contact Blaine about warbler stuff, usually. Mm-hmm. Um so so people saying like Blaine is constantly talking to Sebastian and blah blah blah. It's I don't believe that. I don't buy that. I think Sebastian is manipulative little Asshole. Shit. That I kind of like But <laughs> In different stories.
0: Blaine is the type of guy Who doesn't really know how to say no Very well and he knows That Sebastian is A like he, Sebastian keeps coming Back and is trying to be manipulative Blaine is polite And I can't see Blaine doing more than Answering his question and then Trying to move on I, I, you Mm. know, with the Michael stuff, he's probably just really excited. And Blaine's just a friendly guy, Mm. and I, I don't think that he's doing anything. I mean, also, I'm sure he's not talking to Kurt a lot about this, and that's another reason why Kurt's a little frustrated. But it's not. I don't know. I don't think anybody should be irritated with Blaine for this stuff when it's it's not a black and white. Situation.
3: I, I I can see it being like they haven't talked in a while, and then Sebastian gives them a call. Is like, hey, I got wine or whatever excuse he uses. Is like, so what are you guys doing? And it's like, oh, well, we're doing a Michael week. It's so cool. Blah blah blah. He's <laughs> excited, and they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. Bye, see you. Bye bye bye. Nice talking and, to you.
2: Like, and also, like, how often do they talk? Like, maybe Blaine just regularly meets up with old Wobbler friends, and Sebastian's just there because he's so uh, he's with them. Like.
0: Yeah. And also, you've got to. I feel, feel like people don't get it, or I don't know. I just think that with Kurt, it's also an insecurity thing. He, yeah. It's it's very much like here is this guy who keeps trying to cut in on my boyfriend, and I'm already in a shaky place because I'm not sure if I'm going to go anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be stuck in Lima, and I really am struggling to get, you know, an IATA application, and all of this jazz and here's this guy who's been everywhere or says he's been everywhere and I'm feeling inadequate. And that's where a lot of the snarkiness comes on from. It's yeah, not necessarily it, blame himself.
3: It's exactly. like hurt. Like having the issue with Sebastian, like later on, like or during the breakup, he's like, please say it's not Sebastian. And then during the, Um, in season six when Blaine says I'm dating somebody he's like not Sebastian oh my god not Sebastian so like Sebastian hits all of his point all of his insecurities like hard and um, I don't think Blaine really sees him as a threat one way or another like especially at this time He, he will after this episode see him as a threat but like he doesn't he doesn't really care like he he knows that Kurt doesn't like him but he I think he still thinks of him as harmless like he said in the first time
1: I agree and I think he's harmless to Blaine because Blaine doesn't even see Sebastian that way Yeah, yeah. so for so for him it's like why why did they even bring him up I'm not even looking at him or thinking of him I'm I think this
0: like. is another point um that um, I hate to say this but where you are Now that we're post um, Extraordinary Merry Christmas We're on Breakup Watch um, <laughs> <then> <laughs> It's it's, You know They're not talking the way they should be Talking to each other yeah. And um, just these little Insecurities are going to grow and build And both of them have them And it's mm-hmm. just going to be a rocky ride All the way here until through season
2: 4 So Besides, Yeah I think another thing is that Um even when you're in a relationship, one person is allowed to have friends or just people they hang out with that the other one doesn't like? Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. Like that's not that's not something terrible. Like if if Blaine and Sebastian actually were friends, Kurt doesn't have to like him and Blaine doesn't have to stop hanging out with him because Kurt doesn't like him.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that is something that a lot of people and I don't know if it's because... I can't even say it's because, oh, fandom's young and they don't get it, because we know that that's not necessarily the case. But Blaine is completely enti- was completely entitled to have a friendship with Sebastian if he wanted to. I yeah. think this is the time,
0: and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because my memory of this time is fuzzy, but I think this is the time when we really started to get splits in the claim fandom. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Blaine versus Kurt. So everything was you know, one or the other was this perfect person, and the other one is wronging the other one because we don't like the other character. And I'm, like I said, I'm glad that we've gotten, at least in, you know, the people that are are on the website and, and doing podcasts, we've kind of gotten away from that. But it's like a lot of that hatred stemmed from I'm on Camp Flynn or I'm on Camp Kurt, and I just don't even want to try and understand what the other one's going through. When I don't think any of this was black and white. There's a lot of complexity there. And both characters are sympathetic.
1: At the time, it was getting really, really bad. And it's still there, judging by some of the things I get in my inbox. It's definitely still there. And I see it, you know, some of the things that ping me as someone who ships clean but loves Blaine. I do still see little things here and there that just kind of drive me, you know, set my teeth on edge. But it's not as bad as it was, probably because fandom has gotten so small. But at the time, oh my goodness, it was really, really difficult to be in the fandom and ship clean, but be a Blaine stan as opposed to a Kurt stan. It was just a lot of, from the first time onward, it was just a lot of... Blaine's a bad boyfriend for this reason or that reason.
0: I feel like it was even worse the other way. I I couldn't spend time with Kurt Stans, um, because they they didn't even want to entertain the fact that uh, Blaine was a, a character worth enjoying. I, I it's just, I had a very very small circle of people that I would follow because I I, I didn't know any of you guys then. Uh, but <laughs> I, I,
2: I I don't know. I I can't even really say much about that because I've always just. Uh, had friends in fandom who liked both equally, kind of. So I, I stayed away from all the drama. I mean, I saw it. It, it was still I unfollowed, I unfollowed so many people during that time, but yeah, I didn't see a lot of it actually.
0: Yeah, that was one of my things. Eventually, was that like you had to like both characters, or I just you know, I didn't want to see hate on my dash. So anyway, moving on with the the episode a little bit, so we can get. <laughs> Uh, Into it, we're only a few minutes into it Um, we get the scene in the Choir room, and this is where Puck calls, um Blaine uh, eggs Benedict Instead Mm -hmm. of Benedict Arnold for being a Traitor, as he told Sebastian (laughs) So, I'm glad There really isn't any kind of Consequence, though, necessarily I mean, I guess you could argue about the whole Slushy in the eye thing being a consequence, but Um, uh, there, I mean Yeah, Blaine told Sebastian And that's kind of it, and then because this is where we get more so already Oh, no, that's later on. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. This is where um, they set up
1: this up for bad. Okay, and I have something to say about bad because... Um, so, I don't know how many... I doubt most of fandom, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen the long version of Michael Jackson's bad video. Mm-mm. I, I mean, like, I've seen the shortened uh, version one. I so, basically... Um Michael's thing for a long time was his music videos were like little movies. Like they were like events. Like it wasn't just the song, like the whole video had like a story and like a, almost like a little mini 10-15 minute movie. And so the one that he did for Bad, Michael's character was from the inner city. I think he was from Harlem, but he was going to a prep school in the suburbs. And so he had his friends at the prep school and he had his friends back in Harlem. And his friends back in Harlem resented him and were mad at him for leaving them and going to the prep school. And so the video is where they kind of corner him in the subway and kind of call him out and start like this big, like beef because they feel like he's abandoned them by going to the prep school. So I find it really interesting. Yeah. Because here we have the opposite the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Where Blaine leaves the prep school to go to McKinley And he's kind of cornered by the warblers for leaving them. And I know I was like, like, I was like dying, like, oh my God. And then I realized that like no one got that meta because no one really remembered that whole long video. (laughs) If I can find it on YouTube, I'll post it. It's like 15 minutes. It's got Wesley Snipes. Like, it's like a legit little movie. And Well, I'm glad you know about that. So you could add that meta context onto it. Cool. But yeah, I just that was so cool. I was like, oh my god, it's literally the opposite of the actual like original context of the video. You know, and
0: that makes a lot of sense in that because I know a lot of people were like, I don't understand the Warblers wouldn't do something like this, and um, you know, but if I can see it as that they're upset that Blaine left them and being headed by Sebastian, that this would this kind of thing would happen.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see Sebastian being like he was your leader, you know, now he's gone over there to well, you know lead them and win competitions with them. And he know, I feel like they weren't I feel like they weren't anti-Blaine. I I
3: think the warblers were always like Blaine is number one, blah blah blah. I I feel like I could see them feeling um betrayed by Kurt. Because Kurt comes in, he he's welcomed into the Warblers. He quickly gets a uh, performance, a a duet. Um, He was there, Jesse St. James. Yeah, yeah. He comes in. He does a duet um, for for a competition, and they lose. And then he immediately leaves. And then the the next year, he takes their lead. Like, he's the reason their lead singer leaves. Yeah, the one
1: blank. that they all So, Kurt was to the Warblers what Jesse St. James was to the New Directions in season one. Albeit it wasn't intentional.
0: Never really thought of it that way. And I always thought the writers kind of forgot that Kurt went to Dalton after season, um, after Born This Way. But that does. Oops. I lost somebody. Hold on. No? Everybody's still there? Okay. I just heard the hang-up noise.
1: Yeah, I remember I, I wrote I after this episode I said this on Tumblr. Even though it's not obviously that was not Kurt's intention, it's very I could definitely understand the warblers seeing Kurt the way the New Direction saw Jesse St. James.
0: No, I do think that the only like I don't think that they knew about the slushie though. I think that was a Sebastian thing.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean oh, yeah, it was absolutely. Sebastian and a couple other
0: guys because they passed it off. But yeah. they, I bet they I bet Sebastian is the only one that knew that there was rocks in it. And yeah. I, I
3: think that like I don't think the warblers are a unified front in I think they're like I I definitely don't think Trent or um was it Trent? No, um Yeah, it's Trent. I don't think Trent. He knew about the slushy 100%. Not at all.
0: I'm looking at this thing. Is Trent even there? I don't think he's even there.
1: In the garage when he performed bad? I don't remember seeing... Yeah, he's not
0: there, actually, during this. Oh, yeah, he is in the back. Okay, never mind. Yeah,
3: he... I mean, he might have thought... Like, that would be fun to, like, do a dance-off and... (laughs) Like... But I don't about slushy the the plan to slushy kurt i think that was a sebastian and probably a, like a, a couple, a other couple of other guys yeah like Sebastian is starting to spread dissent in the the ranks of the warblers but i don't think it, it spread to like
1: yeah i don't think it that never... much yeah mm-hmm. because we find out in the scene with santana that trent didn't know what well, was didn't really know.
0: That's also. I do you guys remember? This is a kind of a side tangent. The, there's a BTS of this scene, and Dominic Barnes is filming it, and he, it's he's filming Chris Colfer beating up a, a mannequin with like oh, it's yeah, a I ninja, like he ninja the mannequin or something. Which I can't oh. find again. If I can find it, I'll I'll link it again. But so, um, so what do you guys think of the actual performance and of the recreation of the music video here?
1: I wish that it had been better lit. Like you can't really see yeah. anything. Yeah. hmm Yeah. It's so dark, and they're cutting away so fast. So, you, like you can tell like they work so hard on the choreography and everything, but then and then what? That's one of my biggest issues with season three in general is for a lot of the numbers with a lot of dance, they're cutting away so quickly mm-hmm. that you yeah. can't really see what the hell is going on, and everything is so dark. Yeah. The see Why yeah. is? I know
3: they're in a I parking garage, but with the, um, all the, the acapella and the, the woes and the, the, um, the bass, and that I, I, I love how it's, that it's done um, musically. Yeah. I love how it sounds.
0: They, they did a really great job with the choreography here and, but it's you're right. It's so uh, cut up and, it, and, and, uh, they could have lit this You know, they go out of their way And do rain on a stage With the umbrella number in season 2 yeah. But they can't light a parking garage I, So, I don't know the Parking
3: garages are Usually really well lit too so. Yes, they are <laughs> um, Even at the end when I, I didn't know that Blaine jumped in front of Kurt because it's so poorly lit. Like, I had to watch it over and over again, like, at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, he pushed Kurt out of the way. He, he saw it coming. I, I didn't
0: notice that until, like, like re-watching.
1: And that was... A-
0: Alright, so getting back into the bad scene. Um, then it ends again. Uh, the, the slushie was meant for Kurt, and Blaine steps in front of it, and... Gets slushy to the eye. And I do you guys remember this coming about because not only did they need to write Darren off for a couple episodes, but um somebody mentioned that Blaine had never gotten
1: slushied. Fandom was really mad that Blaine had been in McKinley <laughs> for as long as he was and never got slushied.
0: Mm-hmm. Brittany
3: never got slushied.
1: Who didn't? Well, oh, she sure didn't. Mm-hmm. Brittany. Brittany. Oh wow. Not one time. Of all of the People like pre new, uh, even Marley got slushy.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the Marley. uni They did a whole montage in season four where all the newbies got slushy. Kitty. Yep. It was yeah. it was even Kitty because it was uh, during it was uh, we'll that get there at the hurt. end of but yeah everybody oh, yeah. hurts everybody got slushy.
3: So Brittany is the odd woman out because she's magical. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but and also <laughs> and then there were the people. Because this is a time where people really were shipping Kurt and Sebastian, and a lot of people were like, he was trying to ruin Kurt's clothes. He wasn't aiming for Kurt's face. He was aiming for Kurt's clothes. He would never hurt Kurt. I I I truly don't believe he
3: he thought it would hurt anybody. Like I
1: because
3: he seems surprised. Like, I mean, he's surprised first that it's Blaine, but like he, he He does seem like, why is he screaming? It's, I mean, it's just ice and rock salt, but still, like, I don't
0: don't think he. Well, I think he's shocked a little bit, too, that it wasn't Kurt. I mean, he would have gotten some, a little bit of satisfaction out of, like, hurting Kurt. But Blaine, who he feels like is a conquest, well, that backfired in his face. And so,
1: yeah. The one thing I remember about the scene is because the slushy is red, Blaine is laying there screaming in pain and it looks like blood and it's, just, mm-hmm. Oh my God. It just is so upsetting. Well, and I
0: like also that Kurt is the first one down there with him too. Like, Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's not about, Oh, I almost got, it's like my, somebody just really hurt my boyfriend. And then the next scene coming out of it is Kurt. I, I guessing mean, there's a commercial break. Um, Yeah, coming back, and he's just upset. And
3: I think there's
0: um, there was a reaction that I
3: read of somebody who who didn't like Blaine really. I don't I don't know if she was a shipper either way of of Blaine, but like she just you know wasn't really a fan of Blaine, and like her reaction of she, she was like live vlogging. She's like what. He's such a drama queen, like blah blah blah, he, he, <laughs> like, like oh my god, why is he like rolling around on the floor? And then he, later she she finds out it's Rockstar. She's like, oh damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, I so I like Kurt comes in and he he like Rachel's like, what's going on? And he's and Kurt is so quiet in this scene, um, it just because it does really upset him that Blaine has. Gotten partially blinded, but um, the cornea is deeply scratched and he's going to need surgery. So,
1: and then, and Mr. Sh- oh my god, Will Schuster! Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my god, in all my years of teaching, I've watched several children get slushied and it's never mm-hmm. damaged them before. I've just stood by and that watched. is so indicative
3: of, of his, like, uh mm-hmm. huh. Neglectful teaching style.
0: I do kind so. of like how the rest of the new, new directions kind of rallying around Blaine though, because you know there was that whole we we talked earlier about the whole Finn versus Blaine thing, and now even with the you know the traitorous stuff at the beginning, Blaine is now one of them. Blaine is you know got hurt by the slushie, and they are all like, Maybe yeah,
3: that is symbolism. He hadn't been like hit by a slushie before, so he wasn't really part of them until now he, he not only got hit by a slushy, but it it like took him down and he, he went down for four new directions not just for Kirk
2: also they have kind of a tendency to do that like it reminded me of the time um, what was their name um, Jesse and, and the others like they, they threw an Exit Rachel uh-huh. and no one liked Rachel but they all wanted to go right over there and like
0: yep that was in uh, Funk I believe it was yeah yeah, yeah, I
2: love that yeah scene. Right. but it was kind of the same thing. Like they have a tendency to do that, even if they don't really um, like someone, or <laughs> yeah, they they just they're they're,
1: they're one of they're theirs. Like, they're part. Yeah. It's it's that whole you know I can say whatever I want about my family, but if you yeah. say something about my family, we're gonna have a problem. It's very much it's very that. I feel like this is where like Santana starts liking Blaine.
3: Yeah, she Hannah is
1: like she, leading the charge.
3: She never really liked Blaine before. Like she at the beginning of the season, she's like, oh great, it's gonna be the the um Rachel and Blaine show now. And like but starting here, it was kind want you
1: back. Was that cut from this episode? Yes. Oh my god, I forgot to watch that.
0: I did too, oh. actually. Sorry. Yeah, something else. Well you can always link that up later. Um
1: yeah. like that, but. I, I guess so I guess that's
3: that's cut, but um but they kind of are like co-conspirators like against um against Sebastian. She she says like he's like that that was horrible. You you're never gonna win and then they kind of go like, That was great, wasn't it? We're screwed. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, she like in following seasons, Santana seems to to stand up for Blaine. Like even in in season four, a lot where where Kurt is dating, or like in the in um, boys and girls on screen, um, where he's thinking of of dancing with with Blaine to Moulin Rouge. She yeah, she brings it up and like and
1: even in I think it's pot of gold she calls Finn out for how he how he's treating Blaine and I had really connected those two things before.
0: There's that season six ran against Kurt,
1: which yeah. is a yeah, joke, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> anyway. So she does tend. She does seem to be a little bit protective of Blaine. I hadn't really put that together before.
0: Um, I, I do think Kurt's line in this scene is kind of funny. He says, "Sebastian is evil. He needs to be expelled." Well, that's great, Kurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he um, goes for the uh,
3: Hermione Granger level of of punishments, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> we should be killed or expelled.
0: Um, So um, here we get If you guys want to talk about this for a second um, Because this is kind of interesting Because Kurt kind of just kind of goes inward But Artie and Mike Get really angry Mm
1: -hmm. Anybody want to talk
0: about that? I mean I know it's set up for this song but
1: Well I could see You know they've been taking This treatment For so long I could see why Artie is upset at this point It's not even particularly just about Blaine But they had to deal with in season one. Vocal Adrenaline, you know, came in and and played them the way that they did, and here we have, and that and they egged Rachel and Mr. She didn't let them really do anything about it. You know, the whole funkification didn't even freaking count because then they didn't even do any funk songs at regionals, which I still don't understand. <laughs> you found a weakness and then you did not exploit it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have an emotional <laughs> connection, a journey, whatever. And, then, um, and so then not someone is physically injured and had to get surgery, and I could see why that would kind of be like, you know, no, this is not this is not a time where we just like wait for section regionals or sectionals or whatever, and then we just beat them like Blaine is physically someone's physically hurt. Mm-hmm. and it could leave him permanently injured. i I assume, you know it could have left Blaine with some serious vision problems. And so I could see that being kind of a trigger for Artie. And then Mike is just, you know, one of those characters that he's just a good person. Mm -hmm. And I could see why both of them would be like, no, this is not the time to be nice. The time for nice is way past over, you know? And I just, I like that it was these two characters who typically are, uh, Mike is more quiet and I know it was set up for the song to get those two to dance. And so trying to, like, link it to, like, their relationship to Blaine is kind of, like, a reach.
0: But I think but. you're right in that it's a lot about, because I was just um, looking at his um, speech, and a lot of it is just, you know, we've been kicked, we've been pushed, we've been, you know, at what point do we keep taking the high road? At what point do we just actually just break and push back? So.
3: And I wonder if you're like, if you could read anything into like Mike's relationship with Blaine, which has all been back uh background stuff, but like Blaine has kind of been added to the Mike Brittany dancers.
1: Uh-huh.
3: And like they they have that really awesome play fight during Hotford Teachers and like so. So, I mean, you don't really see the 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 friendship, but like, you can kind of read like you can kind of tell that there is a friendship there. Yeah, some so like, stuff. if if you want to read into this it, that way, like he, maybe Mike is friends with Blaine and and
0: is really upset on his behalf. Like, mm-hmm. um, do you guys want to talk about Scream for just a half second? Because I. I am not really I don't really care about the song one way or the other but it is really great dancing I think they do a really great job recreating the music video I loathe
1: the arrangement. I don't know what they did to I don't know why they arranged it the way that they did so I don't like to listen to it but I love to watch it I mean that I love that video in general with Michael and Janet and anytime I know it's like really offensive and I know a lot of people, Definitely felt a way about the fantasy sequences where um, Artie is is out of his chair, but I really love watching Kevin McHale dance. I know, you know yeah. I really love watching mm-hmm. him and Harry dance together. I always remember so, um,
0: Zach Woodley's one of his really early interviews where he's like, "They put the best dancer in a wheelchair." <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So I live for those moments where I get to, where they do get where we do get to see him dance. Alright, so we get, um,
0: there's so much for Barry in season three that I never really noticed it with a thing until, like, way after the fact. Anyway, uh, Quinn gets into Yale, and um, then she sings about never saying goodbye. All, about her,
1: boyfriend. all her boyfriends. Not about mm-hmm. the teen pregnancy. Not about <laughs> getting kicked out of the house by her parents. Not about having an obvious mental breakdown. Well, the baby you know, is mentioned like about- there
0: are pictures purposely of showing her of showing Beth, but
1: yeah. But now she thinks about all her boyfriends.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm not even a Quinn fan, but if I were, I would give this show a hearty middle finger.
0: This mm-hmm. is the point where Quinn had this really, you know, they they had this really crazy storyline beginning and now We're getting the second part, and she gets into Yale, and it's like, great, why can't we give her good things? And then, bam, she's going to get hit by a truck. I mean. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I really don't like this number only because it lacks the passion that an 11-year-old Michael Jackson sang it with.
0: Mm -hmm. I have to say, in the background, Kurt is wearing a cape, like a full-on wraparound cape. And it's amazing. And why does he never wear this thing again? I don't know, but it's
1: amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I really like the idea of Quinn singing Janet Jackson and Janet Jackson has a lot of songs that I think would have worked really well for Quinn's story and for her voice. But this is just, I can't stand this number.
2: hmm
0: all right, so now we get into, um, I actually really like this scene. I think it's funny. Um, Santana comes in to talk to Kurt.
1: Kurt's <laughs> oh, love- so outfit here is so strange. I'm just not used to <laughs> Kurt wearing like the bow tie and that like big sweater. It's so weird. It's kind of
0: weird. He did wear it before Blaine was on. He wore bow ties a lot, and then they gave all the bow ties to Blaine. But
1: the sweater part of it is the sweater's kind of weird. Right? It feels like it's too big or something?
0: Yeah. It's too bulky. Like, he's wearing, like, three layers underneath it. Yeah.
1: Which, I guess, if you want to get all meta about Kurt, you know, and his layers, maybe that he's uncomfortable or he's unhappy and something, maybe the layers feel like a big, warm hug. I'm really bad at clothing meta. I am, too. That's- <laughs> it's Snarky not- hag, is really and, good and, at it.
3: And the bow tie is probably an homage to his downed
0: boyfriend. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think it was just a, a way to say it. Santana makes the joke. Well, that outfit isn't happy happening, <laughs> but he's upset. And Santana, I love Santana here because because Kurt's like, I refuse to take anything from Sebastian the criminal chipmunk, <laughs> and <laughs> this is where Santana goes into her whole um, thing about like, let's get him drunk and get him a tramp stamp that says you're my thousandth customer. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: I really, really liked Santana in this episode. Yeah. She was so funny throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So,
0: and I like her di- I You don't get a lot of Kurt Santana stuff, even when they moved to New York. You don't get a lot of Kurt Santana stuff, and I think that's a shame. Go I think these are
1: too, It's great. Yeah.
0: There's so many great things, and I like that she's kind of like you know Kurt. Is this is where we get? Because uh, we should mention this. Kurt says, you know, I've been against bullying for all of season two, and I can't fight, you know, I can't morally go, you know, punch Sebastian after I've been, um, you know, beaten down myself.
1: And Santana's like, but I can't.
0: Santana's like, I can <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I do get. I'm willing to do it. I'll take one for the team and go fight him.
0: I do get where Kurt's coming from, but I do also think there's a difference between physically harassing somebody because they can versus defending yourself because, you know, something's happened to you.
2: Exactly. As always, I think Kurt's way too noble.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is really the height of, like, kind of self-righteous
0: self-righteous Kurt. Yeah. I, they do and it goes all the way through well, all the way through the end of the season more or less but um, in season 4 he, he feels like Kurt again in some respects mm-hmm. but this whole they, they really wanted they took the whole bullying storyline and they just wanted to keep Kurt on that high moral level which mm-hmm. I don't I mean <laughs> it does feel Kurt to me after like connecting all the dots but I, I just sometimes they take it to the extreme and this is one of those times yeah,
1: and I've also I've never seen a group of high school seniors who were so maudlin and melancholy the whole entire time. No, oh, I know. My senior year, I was like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck that mm-hmm. thing over there. <laughs> I'm out of here regardless of anything else. <laughs> here are the number of days I'm counting down until I don't have to walk into this building ever again. I left in
2: January. <laughs> but yeah, just about the bullying storyline, what I never really got was the entire... Time there in high school It's like what defines Kurt And it's, it's his entire story And as soon as he moves to New York It's just over Like he's just over it It's just it, it's It has no, no effect on his life anymore Apparently
0: Well does a yeah. little bit I mean I would argue that Like that's what Bash was trying to get at
2: But Yeah but that wasn't the only episode I just I thought They didn't really follow through with that It was a, well, it was a good idea Midnight
3: Madness Those Those kids Tried to, the like, yeah, Rachel's sycophants, he he stood up to them, and you definitely saw an old, like, the old Kurt then,
2: so.
0: You'll get, mm-hmm. um, we'll get to it in a minute, but my, uh, one of my epic Nyata rants is gonna come up in this episode. <laughs> And it touches up on a little bit on why season four is the way it is. Um, But we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about something I feel the
1: same way about Miata, and I don't even know what your rant is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's talk about Sam Sadie's real quick first, because um, we get this cute little scene. I like how I never noticed this, that Mercedes Jones and Michael Jackson have the same initials. Yes, they do.
1: And he puts her name up in lights. It's so sweet.
2: Hmm.
1: And then they sing one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs. And it's a completely... It, I didn't expect to enjoy an acoustic version of the song as much as I did, but I freaking love it. And their first kiss. Their first kiss, yes. It's so sweet. Their On first screen. on-screen On kiss. Screen. Their first on-screen kiss. Mm-hmm. Talk about waiting for a couple to kiss. Jesus.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Bertana still hasn't kissed at this point, though.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Jesus, this show's really bad with anyone that's not Fential. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, lesbians. <laughs> like, if you're not Fential then you don't get any screen. You don't get to show any infection on screen. Meanwhile, we get to see Finn and Rachel crawl all over each other for like three years. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, this is such a cute little scene and very sweet and very Sam Sadie's ish. And I like it.
1: Oh, my sweet, precious in game babies. As far as I'm concerned, they just end up together. They just, they're the couple who's like, you know what? We don't need to be married at 21. <laughs> You know, they get married like way 35. later, you know, like, yeah, 29, 30, you know, they live their lives a little bit first, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, that's, you know, maybe in Glee, that's, you know, you don't do that, but it's OK. But it really it always annoyed me that everyone just wants to get married. Like, why? It's funny because Mercedes here you have like she's a church goer, and, you know, she's saving herself for marriage. But she's also, like, the only character who's not, like, I need to be married ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I always thought it was a little weird that Britana wanted to get married, but that's a subject for another day.
1: <laughs> I have my headcanons for what their life is like. And I always imagine that Britana, like, you don't know where they're going to be at any given moment. No. Like, hey, have you talked to Santana? Oh, yeah, her and Brittany are living in Mexico right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait a minute, I thought they were um, in Norway. Well, that's,
1: you know... <laughs> well, they were for about a minute, but, you know, they decided that they wanted to move to Mexico. Like, they may pop up in New York every now and then, but for the most part, they're just like, whatever. Oh, yeah, they're making baskets in Australia.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the Glee universe, you just can't travel everywhere by, by map, like in that Muppets film that like you... you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, man. Magical train in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alright, so we get, um, we, okay, so we're gonna hear my rat. Um, we get this scene where Bert comes in and he, um, during the Spanish class, which I thought Kurt was taking French, but whatever Um, and, um, <laughs> basically it's, Bert's there to tell, um, Kurt about the Nyada letter Now, I do think it's interesting because at first Kurt's like, you know, is Blaine okay and I, I like the idea that Bert would just definitely come to tell his son about his boyfriend if that, that was a problem.
1: I The fandom belief at the time was that Kurt was at school when his mom died. So it's, uh, if Bert shows up in the middle of the day, it instantly freaks him out.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so we get this Neata letter. Okay, here's the thing. They make this huge deal About this Niada letter. This is not a Niada acceptance letter. This is a Niata, you get to be a finalist letter. Most people Mm -hmm. get to be finalists and stuff like this. Like I you know, I went to a college of music and I auditioned and I got in. But I, you know, I didn't, you know, I applied for an audition, and pretty much everybody gets an application for you know, Niata is its own weird thing, so who knows? But pretty much everybody gets that now i do know that in the story kurt was worried about not getting even that because of all of the lack of whatever on his resume okay fine but they make this big deal they bring they go back to the choir room and bert gives this long speech about how proud he is of kurt and how you know they you know they keep beating him down but he gets right back up again and i remember at the time I'm like why is this such a big deal like why is um, Kurt getting this acceptance letter for an audition, like just this huge thing. And the reason they're doing this here is so that they can give Bert this speech about how awesome Kurt is because they already know that Kurt's not going to get into Niata. Exactly. So there's that. Yes. And then, because there's a lot of great things, and if you guys want to mention more, we'll go back to it in a second, but then it leads into the next scene with Rachel. Rachel has not gotten a Niata letter yet. Rachel breaks down crying So Kurt Mm -hmm. has to prop her up And take care of her And therein Mm -hmm. lies my Hatred of this season 3 storyline Because every time Kurt Gets something amazing And for himself and they Overdo it purposely, Rachel has A mental breakdown, she does it a couple more times In season 3, and then she's gonna Get in, and Kurt's not And then it's like, whatever, and this whole storyline Kurt, everything about Nyadah and I'm getting really passionate about this. Um, is about Rachel, and it pisses me yeah. off. I agree. 100.
1: percent I agree 100. percent Sorry about that. Yeah. I like
0: I got really intense there at the end.
2: No, no, no I agree. I, I agree. It's, it's all about yeah. like Miss Special Snowflake, and if she doesn't get what she wants, she just. It's all about her, and it's annoying. And I don't we get all it. It's about
3: Kurt um, in the next scene. Like even if Rachel gives uncomfortable face and, and Kurt looks a little like he looks guilty almost for enjoying it, Blaine makes it all about Kurt. With, yeah.
0: with, the, oh, with the, yeah. the yeah, and we'll get into that in a second. And just So yeah, but yeah. I,
1: you're, everything about Niata And then in the end she doesn't even like we don't even get a second to even be with Kurt when he doesn't get in. Right. We don't get any second of any anyone consoling him. We don't get any of that. Because in the end, the entire storyline about Niata really wasn't for or about Kurt.
0: Nope. And that's going into season four. It's not really till season five that he gets his own storyline again. Because season four is all about Rachel and Kurt being Rachel's best gay. And I've always... You know, I don't hate Rachel. I actually like her a lot of the times, but I really became resentful in this time period because not only is Finchel getting all of the the you know spotlight, Rachel is too, and yeah. it, it just—you are not the
1: only one who resented the shit out of Rachel in season three. I starting with Asia, starting with Asian F, I resented the hell out of Rachel, and then I just began to resent the hell out of Finchel, and it really wasn't until season five that I could. Stayed Rachel again.
2: I I agree. I agree. Yeah, same for me.
0: I, th- um, I one thing that really really bothered me about, Clayne hate or Blaine hate, and uh, like as you guys pretty much know, I mean Kurt, even though I love Blaine. But uh, mm-hmm. the thing that bothered me was a lot of people were like, you know, Blaine is taking up Kurt's screen time and I'm like, No, he's not. Rachel is <laughs> sucking up all of Kurt's screen time. And it yeah. always really bothered me. That, like, Clay's story doesn't even get screen time in season three. It is all mm-hmm. about
1: Rachel. So And Hummelberry. <sighs> yeah. You know Hummelberry's left sided. And I'm lying, it wasn't easy enough. It was towards the end of season two with the Hummelberry stuff that I started to resent Rachel. Because I felt like Rachel was getting all of Mercedes' stuff. Which is, it's, it's yeah. a wonder I didn't tear my own hair out when she started dating Sam. So I was like, mm-hmm. does Mercedes get to have anything ever? Yeah. She took her best friend, now she's got her boyfriend. And this is, I don't hate Rachel at all. But I definitely had what I called at the time, ventral fatigue. Yeah, I think we all did. And this was certainly a huge part of that.
3: I think I had that at the end of season one.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> one. One bright little moment I want to point out in this burt Kurt scene is um, Burt says, who's going to tell Blaine, you got to let me do it. And... <laughs> That's
1: so cute. That's cute. That's cute. That is so cute. I'm telling you, there are people who were convinced that Burt didn't like Blaine. And I'm like, how are you? How? Like when when the conversation they have in season four... When he goes to tell Bert that he wants to propose to Kurt, there are people who are like Bert's never liked Blaine. And I'm yeah. like, what? Are you yeah. kidding me? Why like, have you not watched? What <laughs> do you not remember this scene? Do you not remember Bert going, Who's gonna tell Blaine? Because
2: Yeah, but I never really got how many people like wrote Bert in in fake in, like he he. I don't think he has a shotgun next to the door and, like, threatens <laughs> every guy who, like, looks at Kurt. Like, why would he do that? He wants his son to be happy, right?
1: And That yeah, goes like, back to, to that <laughs> whole heteronormative <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> the way that some dads are with their daughters, which is gross in the first place. Yeah. But, it, it, Bert, no, I don't see that at all,
0: even no. after
1: the weird sex talk in season two.
0: I love <laughs> the gross. From because we talked about in season one in that scene where where Bert is like, is this about a guy? I don't think I'm ready for that. And now he's like, I want to tell your boyfriend about how awesome mm-hmm. you know your success is. And
3: I like there are a lot of fix about like where Bert is expecting like to hate Kurt's first boyfriend, and then he meets Blaine, and Blaine is nothing like what he expected, mm-hmm. and he like falls. Not falls in love, but like just like wants to protect this little angry puppy of a boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying angry puppy because I just watched Big Brother.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I also think that uh, with the the Bert and Blaine relationship. Thinking about, you know, you do, you get a lot of people who are like, I can't stand gay people because it's are blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, have you ever sat down and talked with somebody that's gay and, you know, met them? And I feel like it's not just about gay, it's about race, it's about whatever. That if you, the more you know somebody that's different from you, the less scary it is. And exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Hey,
3: Bert? Burke feels like he's had the most. Growth as a character
1: that is anybody on the show, like, and he's plus I just love the idea because this season I, the biggest opportunity they had was to let us see more of the hub, the Hudson Homo Home for Wayward Teens, because you just know <laughs> that like Sam's living there, Blaine probably practically lives there, Rachel's probably there twenty four seven, like you just know the whole entire Glee Club is in and out of that house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kurt
0: Okay this is another thing that kind of You you get the Rachel scene after it So Kurt comes, he's so excited He just had this great moment with his dad He's a finalist, he's so excited And Rachel like for a half second Is like oh that's awesome and then just breaks down crying You can't even fake it For like five minutes to tell your best friend That's awesome Like she didn't get a rejection letter She just, I didn't get a letter because I suck And I have, the only thing I have is my boyfriend Maybe I'll marry him and just live here the rest of my life I'm like oh my God, Rachel. You're not no. so
3: Rachel.
1: What, she, like, what usually like, helps in these situations is when you apply for multiple colleges. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you can apply for more than one. Okay. Let, let me explain. So there's that's hundreds like, of schools, thousands of schools in this country alone. And they that don't limit in, how many you can apply to.
3: In, um, moving out is it um in season yeah. 5 when Blaine goes and he he's talking about lo- looking at other colleges and and Kurt says no just look at Indiana because
1: you want to be a star and this is obviously the only way you can be a star and Blaine's like fuck no i saw what you went through i applied <laughs> for all of them
3: you know he did Like, i mean maybe not all the pre med
1: programs but like He's like, I applied for everything.
3: But he is looking for um for schools in the springtime of his senior year instead of, you know, like you know, before the application is due.
1: I wanna know if the Glee writers did they go to I didn't I didn't go to college. I went to community college. And even I know that this is not how any of this works.
0: No, it <laughs> isn't. And I like my big thing too, um, and we'll get into this way more when we get into the college stuff. As somebody, I have a master's degree that I don't use, uh, but um, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, I don't think with a within the arts, I don't think it's necessary to have a college degree. And you've got Kurt, you've got Chris Colfer and Leah Michelle, very very successful people who did not go to college, giving all of these speeches about going to college. It's so weird.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, what? Uh, whatever. No. Aren't Darren and Jenna? Are yeah they the only one I think they are who actually have a degree
2: a I mean, I don't know anything about American colleges anyway, and it's completely different here, but I always found it a bit weird that they're so so uh, focused on 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 that like don't they have if they really want a career in that, don't they have other options? they do, and well, not... I oh go ahead.
1: Mercedes gets a record deal and then doesn't go. Yeah. To- she applied for a lot of schools because you hear her conversation with Kurt the Saturday mm-hmm. night Lever. But when she gets her record deal, she just doesn't go to school. I think she was taking like extension classes at UCLA. But for the most part, you know, once she got her record deal, she didn't even bother with college.
0: See, and there's a lot of things I'm like, yes, definitely go to college. If you're going to do any kind of science degree, if you're going to do any kind of business or math or or – There's a lot of things that, you know, I I even personally, like some, you know, writing stuff, I think it's beneficial to have some kind of training, but it's not 100% necessary for a fine arts degree. You can make it and go get real life experience. I think it's more beneficial to go out and audition for things than it is to learn the 85 different types of acting, you know. Yeah. I
3: think like they, they weren't really successful in, in exploring opportunities like, None of them had been in a community theater play or like anything mm-hmm. outside of school and their school obviously doesn't have a lot to offer.
0: See, that's the other thing. If these two were as ambitious as... I mean, they they are for the, this world, but in real life, they would be doing all of the outside, like,
2: community. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? That always confused me that they did not local
1: commercials and... Yep, oh, absolutely. That.
2: So, and
0: they would have been taking trips. Like, I knew in high school that I took trips to places that, you know, I visited different colleges. I, you know, learned information about different places, and I was involved in that. I mean, here, like, you know, don't really do much of anything to you. I, I, I you know, Glee is fun as this kind of cracky show about a high school choir, but please don't take, like, future advice from it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just all, you'll hear me rant and rave about, rachel and B- and broadway too uh, i not know yeah.
2: yeah but i i was always a bit confused by that because like here it's just different like if you wanted a career in in, in the arts and anything like writing or music or whatever you wouldn't necessarily go to university because that's just i mean why <laughs> something completely different connections through the university but uh, yeah it's not necessary yeah you wouldn't here. you wouldn't here. just it's just different you would Probably be part of a theater or whatever And it's just I was always a bit confused because I don't know Really, I really don't know anything about America <laughs> I'm sorry
1: But our, our college situation Is kind of jacked up
0: Yeah Alright, so we're getting away from this crying Rachel stuff Because it's making me angry um, We're going to get into a scene that, <laughs> <laughs> that Makes me probably just as angry um, We get, okay So here we get, I want to just point this out To you, we get Rachel breaking down crying, and Kurt is, like, holding her in his arms and just comforting her and rubbing her, you know, arm. And now we go to the next scene, and he's three feet away from his boyfriend, who is actually in a lot of pain and needing surgery. So, there's that.
1: <laughs> I used to be really angry about Ben, because when I—first of all, first of all, I'm gonna rant now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> If people don't stop calling this a goddamn song about a freaking rat, I swear to God I'm going to throw things. Yes, it's from a movie about a kid that has a friend that's a rat or whatever. But if people would stop making a joke out of it and listen to the freaking lyrics, they would understand why this song is actually really Important and then once I kind of Got over the fact that it wasn't Just Kurt singing the Blaine And my potential fatigue Once I got past it I really saw It as kind of a big step in Blaine's Story because Blaine This is Blaine being welcomed into the New directions and when you listen to the Lyrics it's about people who Didn't really have anyone Before and then they found each other And so if you get past the Fact that the original context who cares About the original context Being about a fucking rat If you get past the original context It actually is really sweet And it is the culmination of that whole first half Of the season where Blaine wasn't Really welcomed into the new directions And Finn was kind of you know, Really antagonistic That's why Finn and Rachel Are in the song It's kind of wrapping up that storyline And also Corey sounds really Fucking amazing He
0: does and I'm going to agree with you on that My little thing was that his boyfriend is singing the song, too, and it, it is more about, like, this friendship and a acceptance, so it does seem a little weird that Kurt's singing it, but, I mean, from what I can gather, you've got this, Kurt's in his, the same outfit he was wearing at school, so he, this is probably just after school, he came right by, he's reading the gossip magazines, and he knows that Pinchel is on their way. And that is why we kind of, I can even meta the fact that, you know, he's not on the bed with him or whatever. It's just like, he just got there kind of thing. They even, they just got out their little Diet Coke, (laughs) Coke Zero in the
1: background. Blaine's mom is home. Doesn't Rachel say that Blaine's mom let him in? Let him Mm -hmm. in. So I was like, well, maybe that's why he's not on the bed. I don't know. But they also left out my favorite part of the song with regards to the context of Kurt and Blaine's relationship, that bridge in the middle where it's like, it used to be, I and me. Now it's us. Now it's we. Which is like that portion right there is so perfect for Kurt and Blaine and their relationship and what it means to Kurt, but they mm-hmm. left it out.
0: Yep. And they, um, it, it does work better than a lot of people give it credit gives it credit for. It just it's awkward and within the context of the all of season three. Um, I do like at, at one point during the song, and it's not really even noticeable. Kurt grabs Blaine's hand and holds it through the whole song Um, Yeah So it's not like they're completely void of any contact It's just, you know, Finchel's here and it's more I I do hate though, like Carly you brought this up earlier When um, Blaine is like, let's celebrate Kurt's, you know, whatever And Kurt feels uncomfortable because Rachel didn't get in yet or whatever It's like, why, again, we're making now Blaine supportive of Kurt being about Rachel too it just yeah. I love
3: know Blaine supports, supports Kurt and has like plastic champagne glasses and coke zero <laughs>
1: yeah. and Blaine doesn't give a fuck that Rachel didn't get the letter and it could be his medication but he's like fuck that my boyfriend got his letter let's celebrate let's break out the zero calorie soda
3: I love that yeah. Blaine is sort of high here too it's like
0: yeah, that's so funny. I love um, Finn's pirate movies or pat Eye Patch movies. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So I, and yeah, I like all the jokes about like Blaine keeps champagne glasses in his um, <laughs> nightstand. He probably had his mom bring them up. Like, so do you think like Bert went over maybe. there or just called? Like, hey Blaine, I want you to know that Kurt got a, a finalist letter.
1: Oh no, he went over there. Oh, he they went together. I'm certain they went together Like Bert and yeah. Kurt showed up at the door Pam let him in and they went upstairs And maybe Bert was sitting on the bed <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why that struck me so funny Right now Yeah,
1: <laughs> Bert wanted to <a> smuggle
0: <laughs> But yeah, even as Finch Before they even start the ta- song Yeah, um, Kurt grabs Blaine's hand And is holding it through this whole song So
1: I feel afraid to hurt him further by getting on the bed. I'm just making up all these excuses to make myself feel better. He, he can't... He, yeah. he doesn't want to take advantage of his
3: stoned boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Vicodin's a hell of a
1: drug.
2: Yeah. You could, like... Darren definitely plays it a little, like, loopy. <laughs> like... But still, I mean, season three is full of like finding excuses for why they're not closer together attaching more or whatever. And in any... Other show it could would have been on the bed, but okay. <laughs> I've gotten free. really
1: good at making up those excuses. Yeah, it's an I exercise. Love that, I love that Blaine in this
3: has the same like blue, blue pajamas that Kurt wears.
0: <laughs> They're um, a little different. It's a little bit different of a um, like these have like a, a white pattern on it, whereas Kurt's pajamas are um like this silky solid color, but. It's really sad that I can pull that off from the top of my head.
1: I just like that they both have like most teenage boys are sleeping in like some basketball shorts and a tank top, or just got, like or just boxers. Yeah, <laughs> which we get in season four, but um, yeah, I just love that they have like these pajamas. I love pajamas, but even right oh, now I'm wearing he, a sweatshirt he, and he some leggings. Visitors,
3: these are his- yeah. <laughs>
1: His Visitor Pajamas
0: <laughs> Visitor Pajamas But yeah No, this scene really isn't as bad Like when you go back to it and really think about it It's it's not
3: It is when you're in the middle of the the great drought Of season 3 and
0: Yeah,
3: exactly And
1: the potential fatigue
0: yeah. yeah Well, and Kurt looks so lovingly at Blaine during this song I mean he, Yeah, so for what it is, I like I like it for what it is. I mean, now that I'm years past it and knowing the show is going to do some better things and I can get through season three, I don't mind it so much. But
2: I still have my exactly. bigger brand. with the time it, it was. Yeah, at the time it was. It uh, yeah, was what it was.
1: Yeah. Whatever. It was frustrating
0: at the time. So we move on to um, our two cellos guest appearance. Uh, we have Santana versus Sebastian and Smooth Criminal.
1: And a little Smooth Criminal reference from the video that I noticed, it's not even like a huge parallel, like the bad thing. But if you see the video, there's a scene where um, these, not soldiers, but I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Moonwalker where Joe Pesci is like this weird villain and he kidnaps the little girl. And anyway, they're surrounding the building and through the window, you can see them walking and you can kind of see Santana's boots in the window, like in the Smooth Criminal video. It was just a quick little reference, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Hmm, that's cool. I should just post all of the videos.
0: We should. They, they do, Glee does a lot more than I think people realize sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I By the way, like, the beginning of this, yeah, they didn't know. I don't think they knew. Trent is, like, freaking out about Blaine. Like, what did you do, Sebastian?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we find out in Sadie Hawkins that Blaine and Trent Started at at Dalton and started at the started in the Warblers together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always head cannoned that like Trent had a little bit of a crush on Blaine. Yeah, I thought that too.
2: Yeah,
0: I could see that. That and
3: Dad, There was the I don't know. There was comments in in season two with Dad. just like,
1: How dare <laughs> you? <laughs> How dare Can you? you just imagine? Can you can just imagine what? Um, oh my God, I can't remember his name now. Um, shit. The warbler, the um, Telly Leung's warbler. What was his name? Oh, um, Wes. Wes. Could you imagine Wes's reaction? Like Wes is off at whatever Ivy League school he's going to, and he finds out what the hell has happened, and he's just like, "Are you guys kidding me? I'm gone for a few months and it's like." You just let it fall to shit. All my hard work. Here after the
3: and the and the drugs and whatever they did. Like, yeah,
1: and he's just like, "Are you guys serious right now?"
3: <laughs> this is what we get when we we uh, we perform outside of
1: sanctioned performing stations. <laughs> this is what happens when we attack. perform. <laughs>
0: Uh, I like that Santana, and it says that you look like a villain out of a cheesy '80s high school movie.
1: <laughs> he does, especially mm-hmm. the first time when he had on that like polo shirt with the collar pop. Yeah, he. Oh, she <laughs>
2: doesn't.
3: He call her uh, or she called him Andrew McCarthy,
1: or I think she doesn't. She, I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: No.
1: Although he's more James Spader.
0: But yeah, these and this is actual two cellos, I believe. They did a cameo. They mm-hmm. they did this number. They're and it's a really. I think this is really well done. I think it's very tense. I think it's very well sung. Um, it's a good number for both of them. I
3: mm-hmm. love they're playing so hard that they're like uh, their strings are popping. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So well, no, they have. Um, it looks like they on their bows they have a string attached to the cello itself. So like. I don't know why, but they do. No, I, they're,
3: um, the, the hairs on their, their bow are like coming
1: out. Oh. That's
0: yeah. it oh, it is. That's what it is. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, but they're so intense. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. I really like this number. Yeah. A lot of people said that it was, that Sebastian was too predatorial towards Santana. But I thought like, that there was were a the lot of point. people felt like, who were like upset. By the scene Like the lyrics of the
0: It is, it's a very uncomfortable scene And I think it's supposed to be that way I think that, you know Which is why it kind of bothers me That they later like Have Sebastian do a 180 Because he's not supposed to be a good guy Which is okay
1: Some people are not good guys And even though the whole like Sublane really intrigues me And I've read a lot of Really excellent blaine and sebastian fan fiction and stuff like that but sebastian in the end is not supposed to be like a really stand-up guy
0: right all right so then we get the end of it where he does finally admit that he put rocks in there and she gets all excited <laughs> i love because the next mm-hmm. scene is the choir room scene and she's like okay guys lock all the <laughs> doors and Brittany's like i don't know how to do that I taped it to my underboob. I taped it to my underboob. I also love. She says something about. Um, she says um, I have to tell you. I, I already went to some high tech store to get a recording device, and he's like, it's Radio Shack. Yeah. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> already was able to find a spy store that sells top secret surveillance equipment, and he's like, not top secret. It was Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And this is where the episode takes a nosedive for me. Because I'm like, what the fuck, Kurt?
0: Are mm-hmm. you
1: serious?
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't really make any sense. and I, I don't know what... Because th- at this point, you could go to Dalton and you could get him expelled. Just like he said at the beginning of the episode. And there's no...
1: You could take it to the police and it's assault.
0: Yep, you yeah. could do that
1: and... Blaine is complete, and I know that out- part of it is out of necessity. Darren was doing how to succeed, but Blaine is completely left out of the decision. Yeah, he is the one who's hurt. He's is the one who has to get surgery. Blaine right? and his parents should be yeah. the one to make the decision. Yeah, I don't know if he ever learned about the um, the tape at all,
0: he did. He um says something about it in on my way, where um. They were getting upset about, gosh, was it? Yeah, they were getting upset about <laughs> the um, uh, Sebastian uh, doing photos of Finn and um, photoshopping photos of Finn. And Blaine says something like, "You know, are you he, he blinded me, and nobody did anything about that," and implying that he knew about the the tape. But but did he? Did
3: he does that imply he knew about the tape, or just that like he was upset?
0: still
1: about i don't know i was always under the impression that he didn't which just makes it worse mm-hmm. which is why like i was saying at the beginning that a lot of people who are fans of blaine but not necessarily fans of Claine kind of really went you know kind of really jumped ship after this episode because it's like you have this evidence blaine doesn't get a say. And what's done with it, like you give it back to Sebastian and Blaine's the one who should be, should ultimately make that decision. And it's not even like Blaine said to do, it's not even like he goes, oh, well, I talked to Blaine and he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to do anything or anything like that. It's literally all Kurt's decision.
2: Mm-hmm. And it, it really doesn't make sense because it wouldn't be like he wouldn't do anything wrong by uh, giving someone that that tape. It wouldn't be wrong. Like I don't know what he's thinking in that moment. Yeah, he's exactly. just doing the right thing. Why does Santana listen to him? I
0: mean, that's the other thing. Like Santana yeah. has her own free will. But yeah. Kurt says here, you know, the Warblers will still do Michael and beat us at regionals. And I'm like, this is it's not necessarily Kurt. thing I'm actually going to blame the writers on this because. It yeah. makes it not necessarily about a personal Like problem with Blaine And his character and what They make it about a comp- the competition Which isn't mm-hmm. really the story here It's not about winning or losing at regionals This is about a person Who got slushy by another person And is now You know half blinded So I, yeah, I don't and understand No one that.
1: even does Michael at regionals Yeah <laughs> They literally don't sing Michael Jackson ever again yeah, but the, but the whole thing is Plus just Michael really really messy chair. writing
2: because, I don't know, it starts out about the competition, then it's about Blaine, and then it's about the competition again at the end of the episode, and it's just sloppy writing. Well,
0: and you know what? I, it connects to, and it, it just occurred to me right now because I'm looking at um some of these um, captions, but Kurt says, you know, um, I realize that payback isn't always like in the most immediate form, and what he's referring to is the fact that he got his letter as a finalist for Niata, and his dad gave him that speech about you know you got kicked when you were down and you got back up and now you're gonna go live your life in new york or whatever and that is supposed to tie into it but you know you know we can take the high ground and they can kick us when we're down but we'll show them we're better yeah
2: yeah, but that makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. But okay. in Glee logic, I can see what they're doing here.
2: If that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, I can see it. But I, I really just don't understand why, because it makes no sense.
1: And, and if they're gonna go with the what would Michael do thing that they mentioned before Scream, well, before Bad, um, Michael with is, is not afraid to sue the pants off of somebody. Yeah, let me the tell you that much. That. Michael Jackson didn't take shit from anybody, as much as people like to think that he did. He was not afraid to sue the pants off of someone if they slandered him and things like that. Like he didn't just take things lying down. The curse line mm-hmm. is:
0: if Michael went off after all the haters, he would never have any time to do all of that amazing music. Th- this, no, is where the 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 this is worth being a hater. Exactly. This is worth being a hater. Exactly. Um, this is, I mean, even Kurt is going to stand up for himself. This is, this is basically, you know, this is wi- not taking the high ground. This is letting people push you around and you ignoring it, really.
1: This is, we don't want to write Sebastian off and expel him, right, just yet. So we're not going to do anything with this because then we wouldn't be able to bring him back.
2: Right. And it really just bothers me that they they have these separate uh, Storylines and they're trying to tie them all together in a way that just doesn't make doesn't make any sense because it, in the end it's like uh, uh, it's supposed to be a payback like what like he he really assaulted someone Sebastian and how is that payback proving that he did that
0: I kind of get Glee has this weird sense of morality like they liken. You know, this slushy salt thing to in the real world is like, oh, my God. But in the world, it wasn't like that bad. It's kind of like how cheating is integrated in everybody's relationships. It's like in mm-hmm. the grueling world, cheating isn't really that bad of a thing. You kind of have to take it at a different level than if you have to deal That's with
3: cheating. If
1: doing it, then it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah, But like yeah. cheating doesn't land people in surgery where they have to get operated mm-hmm. on one of their eyeballs. At like 17 years old
0: As usual as I've said like 800 times Already in the season 3 podcast The writing is just Yeah Who wrote this Tina mm-hmm.
3: Yeah <laughs> t- Tina for this?
0: I do like uh, Santana says you know if, if I, t- I taped this to my underboob If you know if t- Kurt taped this to the junk uh, t- To his junk I would have never heard the end of it
1: She's not wrong So yeah. She's not wrong at all yeah, but this is the, the episode was going so well, and then we get to this part, and it's like wah wah wah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: We get the um Finn and Rachel stuff. So, this is where they sing a, another emotional over ballad, over the emotional ballad. This ballot. is
1: one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs, but I freaking hate this central number. It's not even that they sound bad. I love this song, and they sound really good doing it, but next. Yeah, decided she says yes to him
3: to get married and we're like
0: she says yeah. yes to him after she feels like she's not going to get into college which is an yeah. awful reason to say yes to somebody I mean,
3: well she wanted to yeah. have sex with him because she wanted passion in her her performance
1: yeah. as Maria so and like good decisions know. remember in we- was it Wheels where Rachel storms out and already says you know, the more she does this, the less impact it has. Yeah, that's how I feel yep. about Rachel solos and Rachel and Finn singing emotional duets. Like that lost its impact uh, like a hundred episodes ago because they do it so <laughs> often there that it don't been a hundred you know, episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but it just it feels like a hundred episodes when there's like yeah. so many emotional. Rachel Mm -hmm. Finn, Finchel related. Exactly. Freaking solos and songs. Like, oh my God, I can't feel anything anymore. I'm numb to it.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: The reason why Kurt's solos are so emotional is because they're so few and far between. They're used really effectively. So when Kurt has an emotional solo, you feel it because he didn't have one five minutes ago.
0: Yep, exactly, and that's why I know a lot of people complained about Kurt not singing very much, but I like I'm I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm like it because it meant that when Kurt does sing, it's an important moment in his life. Most of the time, I mean, there's some numbers that he just gets, but most of the time when Kurt's singing, it, it's important. And Rachel singing just after song after song of singing basically the same song over and over again. You, you're right; you just go numb from it. Um so moving into the last sequence We get the Now I really like black Or white I I, I just I don't know I remember as a kid when it first came out And I like it Um The whole opening sequence where Yeah Basically they're gonna sing it Um at the Warblers and then They give the tape I hope they kept a copy Of it cause they give the tape back to Sebastian if-
1: I, I like to believe that Santana's nobody's fool, mm-hmm. so she definitely made cop- a copy. Yeah,
0: and I—I I don't know. I like this number. It gives us Trent dancing, which is always a favorite GIF of mine. <laughs> 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 um, there is—I—I I, I wonder if they made gave. I mean, they wanted to do the slushy to Blaine anyway, but I, at eye surgery because of the, the line in the song where it's like you were kicking dirt in my eye.
3: And then yeah, Kurt the is the one that like covers his eye.
0: Mm-hmm and um, again another video thing i do remember the video for this and was the um phasing of the faces in and out to different ethnicities and that's really cool yeah so
1: pirate banks was in that oh i
0: didn't know that
1: yeah so yeah yeah i do remember what they they aired the video like after the simpsons and bart simpson's Like, in the beginning of the video, watching it. Oh, that's right. It was a huge freaking deal.
0: (laughs) I forgot Macaulay Culkin was in it. (laughs)
1: Sign of the times. Yeah. He's the godfather of Michael's children. Oh, I didn't know that either. He still hangs out with them and everything. Because as a Michael Jackson stan, I follow Paris on Instagram. And she posted some pictures not too long ago of her and Macaulay Culkin um, hanging out. It's really sweet.
0: Cool. So yeah, I think this is pretty much wraps it up. I like Kurt's outfit in the scene though. The like jeans and the jacket. Yeah, that's
1: a good one. I still have the TV guide cover that they did. So this oh, that's right. I remember it. that. Yeah, I still have that.
0: All right, so that kind of wraps it up. Anything else that we missed that you guys wanted to mention?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, everyone listen to Michael Jackson. It will bring you so much joy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably more joy than this episode will. <laughs> yeah. And learn some quick choreography. It's like really good exercise. (laughs) (laughs) And we both see Blaine for like, until heart.
0: It's not that far away. I mean, he's only missing in one episode.
1: It's just that episode is so bad that normally I'm like, well, I don't, it doesn't matter if Blaine's not in the episode because, you know, Mercedes is in it. And, you know, I can't, I love the ensemble, you know, when they're all together, but the Spanish teacher is so bad that Blaine's absence is really felt
0: so um that kind of wraps it up for this podcast uh join us next week when we talk about everyone's favorite episode the spanish teacher (laughs) um we will also be talking about a heart um and yeah uh, thanks for joining me on this one and uh, have a good night